Well, hello everyone. This is Nadia with Homeschool 101. Hope you guys are doing great. Um, I'm so excited to say that we completed our first day of school yesterday, uh, relatively uneventfully. Um, had a great time together. Uh, no matter how many years I've done this homeschooling, I'm always excited. I'm always looking forward to doing a better job, improving, and and seeing how I can tweak things to make it a better experience for us, um, for our homeschooling experience. So we had a great time yesterday. We started about nine o'clock and ended um, with the core subjects about noon, and then later on the kids, um, you know, I had assigned them to do extracurricular things like PE and uh, their piano playing. Um, but, uh, while we were doing school yesterday, uh, something came up that I thought would be interesting to talk about. And that is how to motivate, um, kids that are not motivated or kids that are not, um, you know, able to stay focused or kids that have a hard time just, um, working independently as much as you would want them to work. And, um, you know, at, at this point, my I, I discussed earlier in previous podcasts that my kids are two different peas in a pod. Um, my older child, Daniel, um, has always been more calm, even keeled. Um, and since he was a baby, you know, when he was a, a baby, I don't know if you know the different labelings of babies, but he was a he was a what they called an angel baby. He was pretty quiet, didn't uh, fuss very much, didn't cry very much, um, you know, was only upset when he needed to eat or when his diaper was full. But I always knew what was going on with him. It was never a, a, a case of trying to figure out what's going on with this baby. Um, and then came along my second child, David, who is more of what they call a spirited child, a lot more energetic, a lot um stronger emotions in terms of, um, you know, being disruptive, um, a lot more energy in terms of um, very high strung. And um, over the years, uh, I've noticed that uh, he has uh, more of a personality when we're doing school that he wants to, um, you know, move away from what we're talking about. If we're discussing something, he might have an idea pop up in his head and he wants to share it with me and he wants to share it with uh, the family um, while we're doing school. And that tends to take us away, take the focus away from what we're learning and what we're, I'm trying to teach them. And over the years, um, I found out that uh, the thing that works the best with a child like that is uh, twofold. Um, one, uh, it's important that you as a parent be the lead to kind of rein them in because if you don't, uh, he'll take he'll take over and he will, um, you know, start telling you about different things and he'll he'll digress from the, the subject at hand. So very on, if you notice that tendency in your child, you want to just kind of be sure that you're steering them a little bit more than... Um, uh, the other child, if you're, if you're, you know, homeschooling more than one. Um, and if it's the one child that you're homeschooling and they tend to be, uh, you know, a little bit more distractible, a little bit more uh, inclined to space out or to go somewhere else when you're trying to teach them something, um, 
I realize that it's okay to give them a voice. So if they have something to say, um, you know, let them say it and then say, okay, well, let's make sure that you actually put a stop to whatever they're, they're um, dis being distracted by though. So for example, if he has something to tell me, like yesterday he was, we, we just um, adopted two little kitty cats. So we have two new little kittens uh, that are adjusting to our household. And um, we were talking, we were starting up our school day. We did our affirmations, we did our prayer. And I was talking about, um, you know, this morning I wanted to jointly go over with them um, rounded up, rounding up big numbers. And um, that's one of those things where um, it is more in line with David's um, uh, grade level, but it's a way of sometimes incorporating both the kids in, in schooling at the same time if you are schooling more than one. So um, I digress a little bit, but I just wanted to tell you that um, we did that for a little bit, you know, going over place values and rounding up large numbers. So the number I'd given them was like 52,249,000. And we were rounding it up based on the, the, the you know, the ones value, the tens place, hundreds place, ten thousands place, millions, tens, mil, ten of millions. And we, we did that as, as a joint effort together. And while I was doing that with them, um, David had a comment about how interesting it would be if we were to be homeschooling the kitties as well. And um, I allowed him to say that. And um, then I noticed that he was going, once once he noticed that he had the attention, um, he was willing to go into debt about his idea about how interesting it would be if you homeschool the kittens. And so then is where I had to say, okay, um, let's stay focused on what we're doing here. So it's just a matter again of being able to steer the child. Um, and then also children who are a little bit more distractible, they really need a little bit more um, hands holding. And so with David, often what I do is actually take more time to sit down with them. If we're in the middle of a, um, a lesson, I sit down with them for a few minutes and get him grounded um, get him focused on what he's supposed to be doing. And then once he's gotten grounded and focused, I'm able to take my hands off and move on once we have done whatever explanation or reading that I need to do with them. And then I'm able to leave him to do more independent work. And I found out um, what works really well as well is giving him a timeline. So I said, okay, um, I'm going to give you 15 minutes to finish this checkpoint. He had a five problem checkpoint um, dealing with rounding up large numbers with story problems. Um, and so I told him, okay, I'll give you 15 minutes on the clock to finish this, this, this um, checkpoint. Now with some kids, it might not work, but for, I found that with kids that do not stay focused easily, it gives them something to actually focus on. So if you give them a perimeter to work within and you actually give them um, a timeline, it actually keeps them focused on the fact that within 15 minutes, he's expected to finish this quiz. And so um, I don't know if you're working with a child that might be distractible or easily distracted, but try that.
and see how that works for you. Just give them a timeline, give them some type of perimeter to work within. And I found that that, that worked really well with David. He's 10 years old. And so I told him, okay, I'm going to give you 15 minutes and I'm going to come back and check on you to see how you're doing with this checkpoint. And that gave him a goal to reach, a goal to, to try to strive for. Um, instead of just sitting there and then being easily distracted by some thought or by something else, he was able to stay focused. So um, that would be one tidbit uh, and one piece of advice that I would give you for um, kids that are easily distracted or kids that don't like to sit for too long or kids that don't like to be focused or stay focused for long periods of time, give them perimeters to work within. So, um, and then after the 15 minutes, if they've accomplished the task successfully, then you can give them a little break time because some kids just do not like to sit for too long. So if he's accomplished what I asked him, um, then I can give him a little bit of break time. And I, I gauge it. Sometimes I come back and he's finished his checkpoint and he does not need a break time. He's still focused. He's still able to continue working undistracted. And so we continue on to the next lesson. Um, but if needs be, then that would be a good time to give them a break, a short break. It doesn't have to be a long extended break, five minutes, just five minutes of break time for a child that's um, easily distracted or doesn't like to sit for too long is a great um, button to help to restart um, his concentration period. So uh, that's what we did yesterday with David, and it worked out great. I gave him his 15 minutes to complete his checkpoint. He didn't actually finish the checkpoint within 15 minutes. The timer went off. I actually did set a timer, guys. So, um, yeah, actually set the timer. Give them something concrete, um, you know, to be able to listen for, to be able to to see that, you know, they, they're working with some perimeters. So I um, once the timer went off, he wasn't finished, but I went back to him. Um, after previously working with them to get him all set up, I sat down with him and um, went through the last question that he had, and that helped him to stay focused as well. Um, the other thing that uh, might work um, is giving them uh, rewards and consequences. So if the child doesn't like to sit for very long, you can um, tell him, okay, you know, if you do really well here, then I'll reward you, whatever it is might be that they um, look forward to doing in a, on a day, um, day to day basis. For David, he loves um, uh, car racing uh, on the PS3 that his uncle gave to him and his brother about a year ago. Uh, and so I doled that out as a reward and consequence. Um, for them when they're doing well or they're not doing well in life in general, not just for schooling. So um, if I have to give them a consequence, I might take away their privilege for uh, racing time. And um, in our household, I'm pretty um, strict with media time. And I think that is something that most parents should get accustomed to um, you know, controlling in the household. You don't want your kids wiling their their free time away just um, randomly on media. So in our household, I actually dole out the time for media. Um, they can't just independently jump on media without my permission. 
So for example, for the racing game, which many might find it to be restrictive, but I, I find that it works out really great and it it, it makes sure it ensures that your child doesn't get overwhelmed and taken over by media. So in our household, um, racing time is only Friday and Saturday. So on Friday and Saturday, they both get an hour each of racing time. And, um, you know, if they're doing really well, I might up their racing time a little bit, or I might take their privilege away a bit if they have not accomplished what they were supposed to accomplish. And so now that we've started school again, that's going to be a tool that I can use um, as a reward and consequence system for them. So um, uh, again, if you're dealing with a child that is, uh, has a hard time focusing, doesn't like to sit for long, make sure you implement things like um, break time. You know, don't have them sitting there for, you know, if your school time is three hours on end, uh, don't let them sit there for three hours. Uh, it just won't be productive, you know. So what you do is you um, work with them. Number one, if it's a child that doesn't like to sit for too long, it's most helpful if you're able yourself to um, sit with them for the first few minutes um, when they're doing desk time and uh, independent work time, sit with them for a few minutes, get them grounded, go over whatever it is that they're supposed to be doing. And you don't have to sit there the, the whole entire time, but you just have to get them grounded, sit there with them, get them grounded, go over what they need to be um, working on, and then also give them a timeline for when you want them to finish it. So give them a realistic amount of time based on whatever the, they're doing. Yesterday, David was working on a five uh, question quiz. Um, so I gave him 15 minutes. I told him, okay, I want you to finish this in 15 minutes and I'll come back and check on you. And he got pretty excited. He said, oh, 15 minutes. Okay, I have 15 minutes. And it actually gives him um, something to keep him focused on that he has a 15 minutes to finish his, his assignment. And the next thing is um, give them uh, rewards and uh, also consequences as uh, as an encouragement for them to sit longer or for them to, um, you know, stay focused. That is the, the third one, the rewards and consequences, not something that we do very often around here. Um, I do do that for just regular life issues, you know, if they backed it up and I need to take away some privilege. But um, for schooling, I found that the most important thing is if you have a child that doesn't sit very long, make sure you're giving them uh, a break time in between uh, different tasks and assignments. And also make sure that you take just a few minutes um, to sit with the child, get them grounded. And the third one is to give them uh, some type of, um, you know, guideline where they can streamline. And I'm, I'm talking about kids that are old enough to comprehend. Of course, if you have little tiny ones, preschoolers or kindergartens, partners, that's not going to work. Um, if you tell them, hey, you have 15 minutes to complete this task, uh, that's not going to mean very much to them. With little ones, it's most important to actually just sit with them um, as much as you can to keep them focused um, because that gives them a sense of comfort and a sense of um uh, guidance when you actually sit with them. And then uh, even with the little ones, give them a little bit more of, um, um, you know, break time, breaking up the, the tasks so that you're not sitting for too long. So I, I hope that was helpful, guys. Um, uh, like I said, I'm pretty excited. Uh, we did a great job yesterday, first day of school. Hope you guys are rolling along as well. Um, so 
If you have any questions, again, just go ahead and home, uh, email me at homeschools101 at gmail.com and I'll answer any questions you may have or try to address them in, in a pre, uh, uh, future podcast. And again, uh, the takeaway for today is that if you have any kids that uh, need that extra bit of support when uh, you're homeschooling because they're not able to sit long or they're easily distracted, uh, just go ahead and utilize those recommendations. One, um, you know, make sure you give them some break time in between assignments. Two, make sure you sit with them and, um, you know, give them that grounding that they need in the beginning to allow them to be able to sit for longer. If you just sit with them and ground them, let them know what they need to do. And three, if they're older and able to comprehend time and, and um, uh, you know, uh, different uh, time system, then you can give them a set time for something that you want them to accomplish. And fourthly, uh, reward and consequences. Give them something to look forward to if they do well. Um, um, you know, if there's something that they like to do, some snack even that they like, you can tell them, okay, if you finish this, I'm going to uh, give you a, a, I don't know, a, a cupcake or a muffin at snack time. Uh, or if there's um, something that they like to watch on uh, TV or, or on Netflix, you can tell them, okay, after school, if you do really well, I'll give you um, time to watch the special show. So I hope that was helpful, guys. Um, I just want to encourage you all to continue doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. You've got this. As parents, we were born to homeschool our kiddos. And so um, no matter what thoughts you might have or feeling uh, anxious about the process, understand that it's doable and um, it's possible not just to do it, but to do it successfully and to do a great job at it. And one of these days, we'll be able to look back like I do after 13 years and look back and smile and say that you're so happy that you chose homeschooling for your family because it's definitely uh, a joy and a pleasure to look at my kiddos and see how we as a whole family have reaped the rewards of homeschooling. So have a great day, guys, um, and happy homeschooling, and we'll talk in the next podcast. Bye-bye.